0: What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And finally, people, football season is upon us. College football is about to kick off in the week. We have the NFL season that's just around the corner. And I'm really excited to talk about it, man. Like, it's been a long couple of months. I've been watching preseason football. I watched a couple of college football games a couple of days ago. It was. Illinois taking on Nebraska you also had UCLA taking on Hawaii but the real college football slate kicks off this weekend week zero of college football they call it week zero but I'm trying to figure out okay if this upcoming week is week zero what was last week when UCLA was playing Hawaii was that week negative one I don't know what that was but I mean, I'm really excited for this upcoming week of college football, man. We have some really great games on tap. We're going to have fans in the stands. It's going to make everything really exciting as well. Like, last year's college football season just felt weird, man, because, like... It's really not college football if you don't have the fans there, the bands. Like, it kind of takes away from what makes college football so special. And I feel like what makes college football so special is the tradition, the pageantry, the fans, you know, like... College football just didn't really feel like college football last year. So now this year, we're going to have all of that back. And we have some really great matchups. As a matter of fact, we have so many great matchups that I'm not going to be able to talk about all of them on just one episode. So on this episode, I'm going to be talking about Alabama taking on Miami, Indiana, Iowa, Penn State taking on Wisconsin, and Georgia taking on Clemson, the game of the week. Now I'm going to be previewing my other games. I want to talk about Texas and Louisiana UCLA LSU and the next episode that's going to be released in tomorrow so I'm really excited to talk about these games if you are a new listener of the podcast make sure that you go ahead and leave a five-star review we talk about college football and NFL football 24 7 365 days a year over here on JT sports so the first game that I want to talk about we have Alabama taking on Miami this game is going to be played this Saturday with a 3 30 p.m eastern time kickoff and Alabama as of right now is a 18 and a half point favorite now this is a really big game for Manny Diaz heading into year three as the head coach for Miami now this isn't a must-win game like a lot of Hurricane fans out there are trying to say Manny Diaz needs to win this game like I think that's a little bit you know of a stretch to say that Manny Diaz needs to win this game. Like, there's a lot of Miami fans out there who always feel like Miami should be competing for a national championship every single year and things like that. And I've been trying to tell people, man, like, there are building blocks to this, okay? Manny Diaz going into year three, this definitely is a really critical year because when you look at the past couple of Miami head coaches, every single one of them has peaked during year three so I'm expecting a really big season out of the Hurricanes this year and Manny Diaz and in my opinion this is the most talented team that the Miami Hurricanes have put on the field in a very long time I think this team is better than the 2017 team that won 10 games and lost to Wisconsin the Orange Bowl and when you think about the expectations that people have for that team heading into the season we knew they were going to be good but nobody expected that team to be as good as what they were in 2017 and remember that team wasn't all that great offensively as a matter of fact the offensive attack from that year was very average to below average you were carried by the defense that season well this year not only are you going to have a great offense with officer coordinator right lastly going into year two but you also should have a pretty good defense this year One thing that I think that Miami has in this game that a lot of people aren't talking about is I think that they have the experience factor on their side, and I don't think enough people are talking about that. All I keep hearing is, oh, Nick Saban is really good in opening games and things like that, but nobody's talking about how much experience this Miami Hurricanes team has compared to the Alabama team. Now, Alabama does have a lot of great players on defense who are returning, but on the offensive side of the football, Miami has a lot of veterans that are going to be on the field you got the Eric King at QB you have a really experienced officer line as a matter of fact you could go out on a limb and say that this is the second best officer line in the ACC led by offensive tackle Zion Nelson who as of right now is projected to be a top 15 top 10 pick in next year's 2022 NFL draft which is something that the Miami Hurricanes haven't really had all that much of over the last couple of years the officer line has always seemed to be an Achilles heel for the Hurricanes this year instead of it being a weakness it actually is a strength you have a really good group of running backs cameron harris rooster like there's a lot of death in this running back room so you're going to be looking at this miami hurricane offense going against alabama this is going to be a really good test man because alabama could have the best defense in all of college football like alabama's defense is going to be incredibly good they have a lot of death at every position Corner, linebacker, defensive line. So Nick Saban, uh, a couple of days ago, actually came out and he, you know, talked about Eric King. You know, he talked about what he has to do, what Alabama has to do to get ready for Eric King. And basically, he said that Eric King is a really great quarterback. You know, he's really good at throwing the football downfield. He's accurate and he's incredibly hard to stop when he gets outside of the pocket. And the biggest concern that a lot of people have about Eric King is going to be okay how healthy is he going to be coming from that injury that he sustained a couple of months ago against Oklahoma State in that bowl game? Well, according to reports, the Eric King is pretty much close to 100%, so I expect the King to have a really big impact in this game, and I know a lot of people are probably going to say Alabama's going to win this game, but when you have a superstar quarterback like the Eric King, there's not a game that you don't have a shot to win, okay, and one thing that Miami addressed that was really big for them that they struggled with last year was the talent at wide receiver. Outside of Mike Harley, you didn't really have anybody who was able to step up. You had a lot of inconsistency from the wide receiver position. So how does Miami address that? Well, they go in the transfer portal and they get Charleston Ramble transferred from Oklahoma. So now you have Mike Harley and Charleston Ramble, which is now one of the best wide receiver duos in the ACC right now. So I'm interested to see how this Miami offense is going to match up against that Alabama defense Alabama has a lot of great corners you have a really good defensive line and this offensive line is going to get tested against Alabama's defensive line and this is just a really good test to see just how far along this offense is because last year Miami's offense was really good and you got to take into consideration that this was with you know all of the COVID restrictions going on not really a lot of in-person practices right last was pretty much doing installs via zoom meetings and whatnot now he has a real college football offseason spring practice fall camp to really implement what he wants to do with this miami hurricanes offense so this is going to be a really exciting match that i'm excited to see now of course we got to talk about alabama's offense bryce young who was a highly touted quarterback coming out of high school is going to be making his first ever college football debut now there's also a lot of new faces not only at qb but also on this whole entire offense because this offense lost a lot of talent to the nfl jalen waddle Devontae smith mac jones um, Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, a lot of guys went in the first round of this past year's NFL draft, and you're going to have a lot of new faces who a lot of people may not be familiar with, especially at wide receiver. Now, my thing is, okay, what does the Miami defense have to do? to you know get Bryce Young off guard and I asked a couple of people about this and a lot of people kept saying all Miami has to do is get pressure on Bryce Young you know get in his face hit him a couple of times which all that sounds easy to do but that's going to be a lot easier said than done because I don't think enough people actually realize how good of a player Bryce Young is Bryce Young reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson in terms of what he's able to do when things break down being able to invade the rush step up move around the pocket and and wait and give his wide receivers extra time to get open. So if Miami wants to go ahead and test Bryce Young's skill set right away, then I think a lot of people are going to realize that fairly quickly that I think the worst thing to do is try to get you know extra pressure by linton sending a lot of blitzes on bryce young and things like that because i don't think that's going to vote well for the hurricane defense because i think bryce young is at his best when he's under pressure and when he's going against the blitz he has a very good arm he's really good when it comes to reading the field so miami can go ahead and you know send all the pressure they want to but i actually think that's playing towards bryce Young's strength i think what makes him so good and why so many people are really high on him is because he's very good with a lot of traffic coming at him he's very good under pressure so if Miami wants to go ahead and do that you go ahead and be my guest but I don't think that's going to vote too well for Miami because you go ahead you send a bliss and then when he ends up hitting somebody for a 50 yard dot and they're going to down the sideline a lot of people are going to realize Bryce Young is really good under pressure so I don't think the game plan for trying to make Bryce Young uncomfortable is as going to be as easy as what some of you Hurricane fans make it out to be because like I mentioned Bryce Young, similar to Russell Wilson, is really good under pressure. So I think the best way to give Bryce Young a hard time his debut is to, first of all, neutralize the Alabama run game, okay? So if you get rid of the run game, and you make Alabama one-dimensional where they have to beat you throwing the football, then I think that's kind of where you can get Bryce Young uncomfortable because then you can't rely on that run game, which then takes away from play action. So therefore, you keep Bryce Young in the pocket and you make sure that when the, when the play breaks down that he has nowhere else to go, that he has no running lanes to escape, which is going to be a lot easier said than done. But... My biggest thing for Bryce Young is I don't want him getting outside of the pocket. I want to keep Bryce Young in the pocket. I want him to beat me from inside because you allow him to get outside the pocket. And you allow him to extend those plays. That's where a lot of things are going to go awry. So if you're Miami, you want to see if you can get pressure from your front four, which is another big interesting thing that we have to talk about. Is going to be how's the pass rush for Miami going to look this year? Because you lost Jalen Phillips, who got drafted in the first round by Miami, and you lost Quincy Rosé. So you lost your two best pass rushers. How is the pass rush going to look this year for Miami? Now, Miami has always been pretty good when it comes to developing pass rushers. So I'm just eager to see what are going to be the next... Group of guys who are going to be able to make their presence felt when it comes to being able to get after the quarterback this year for Miami. Now, could Alabama's offense start out slow? And I know people aren't talking about this, but Miami's defense also returns a good amount of talent this year outside of the defensive line. The secondary has a lot of experience. Linebackers should be improved. So you're looking at the Miami Hurricanes defense that should be pretty solid this year. So if you're Alabama, I don't really think that this is just going to be a game that you're just going to sit here. And just pick everybody apart this and that because Miami's defense has a lot of talent and not only that but a lot of experience also so it's going to be really interesting seeing you know a new Alabama I won't say new Alabama offense but you know new faces in the Alabama offense going against an experienced Miami Hurricane defense with a lot of veterans now Miami's wide receivers are going to be a huge factor in determining and deciding the outcome of this game because wide receiver was a huge weakness for Miami. I believe it was the biggest reason why Miami lost against Clemson. I understand the offensive line didn't play great that game, but the wide receivers had a hard time creating separation in that matchup against Clemson, and the Eric King was trying to escape, but, you know, Clemson was kind of clamping down the running lanes that the King had. So this year... You look at the improved wide receiving core and the depth that Miami has, I want to see these wide receivers be able to create separation. I think that's going to be my biggest concern. If you're a Hurricane fan, it's going to be how these wide receivers are going to do against a really good Alabama secondary. Now, I know somebody's going to be like, well, you need to attack whoever's going to be replacing Patrick Sertan, which, okay, you can do that all you want to, but I mean, Alabama has a lot of great players at cornerback, so I think that wide receiver definitely is going to be a really important position to watch and determining if Miami is going to be able to pull off the big upset against Alabama week zero because wide receiver last year was a big weakness that costed Miami a lot of games so if wide receiver is going to be as good as what I think it should be with Mike Harley and Charleston Rambo and they're able to create separation I think that's going to vote well for the passing game and on top of that I think we could see a lot of big plays over the top against a really good but aggressive Alabama defense there now will Miami's run defense Against Alabama's running game, which should be led by running back Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson didn't really hear a lot of his name called because he was behind Najee Harris, but he's going to be the next man up. We know how good Alabama is when it comes to producing great running backs, so Brian Robinson is next in that stable. And I think that Brian Robinson is going to be really productive. He's really good fighting off tacklers, good running through contact. He hits the hole really hard. And Miami's run defense last year was a little bit iffy, okay, especially when you go back and you watch that North Carolina game, and no, I have not gotten that North Carolina game out of my head, and I don't think nobody else should have neither, because that was an absolute terrible game, there was poor linebacking play, you had linebackers who were in the wrong positions at times, they were missing holes, not only were they missing holes, but they were missing tackles, like, there was just a lot of things I went around that North Carolina game, and I know a lot of you guys are going to be like, okay, JT, that's last year, what about this season? Well, I'm still... I'm still concerned, okay, because I'm not completely sold on a linebacker position for Miami when it comes to how these linebackers are going to be against the run so if you're looking at Alabama and you're looking at a weakness to attacking that Miami Hurricanes defense it definitely has to be the linebackers so for me if you're Nick Saban if you can get that run game going early and you can get your off the lineman to that second level to that linebacking core of Miami then I think you can have a good way of trying to keep the Eric King off the field you can keep him off the field by controlling time possession and on top of that that you turn out that defense and then if you get a couple of stops here and there maybe a turnover to go your way or something like that then this game definitely is going to be tilted in towards your favor and i think it's going to be really important that that run game gets going for alabama because when you have a young quarterback in bryce young i don't think alabama just wants to go ahead and just force him into you know the action i think they kind of want to ease him into it. i don't think alabama wants to get bryce young throwing you know passes his first couple of attempts i don't think they want to air it out quite yet with Bryce Young I think what they want to do is they kind of want to ease him into it open things up the rank game get play action going use some RPOs use some read options and then they want to try to open things up downfield you also have a new group of wide receivers also aside from John Mitchie so when you look at the experience that Miami has defensively, I don't think enough people are talking about that. Everybody's talking about how great Alabama's defense is, how much experience they have, but nobody's talking about the experience that Miami has also. Miami also is a team that has a lot of starters returning from last year. So when you look at the whole dynamic of, you know, Nick Saban really good week 0, like I think a lot of people have to understand something. A lot of people keep saying Alabama's gonna win this game simply because they're Alabama and things like that, and that's kind of like a dumbass reason for predicting the winner of that of a game by the brand. Like if we were just going off brands and you know the logo on the side of your helmet or whatnot, then we would have the same teams in the college football playoffs year after year after year. If there was a time for Alabama to lose and get upset, this would definitely be the perfect time for that because this is week zero you have a lot of new faces on the offense you have a quarterback who's never started a college football game before and you're going against a really talented Miami Hurricanes team as a matter of fact the best team that Miami has put on the field in damn near two decades so if you're going to come out here and tell me Miami doesn't have a shot I kind of want to say I don't know I think Miami has a better chance of winning this game than what 80% of you guys out there believe because if this was a game that was being played in the middle of the season or in the later half of the season absolutely I believe that Miami will have a legitimate chance of probably losing this game by three scores but this is a game that's being played week zero this is the first game that both these two teams are going to have when you have an Alabama team that's replacing a lot of guys who went to the NFL you're going to have a lot of new faces in there meanwhile you have a Miami team that has a lot of veterans coming back I kind of think that there is a better chance of an upset than what a lot of you guys are expecting and most of the upsets that take place come week zero, week one, the start of college football season because you have some things that are rusty but there is a reason why Nick Saban is really good at these week zero games and that's because he normally has his team prepared to play but at the same time there is a good dynamic out there that maybe Alabama's offense comes out rusty, maybe Miami gets a couple of turnovers early from Bryce Young and that could definitely dictate the outcome of this game so i think that this is a really good chess match to watch in this game you know you have two experienced defenses you have the experienced offense of miami with the eric king going against the alabama defense and you have the experienced defense for miami that's going against a very young alabama offense with a lot of new faces in there so the team i'm going to take to win this game i'm going to take alabama um, the reason why I'm gonna take Alabama is simply for the fact that I think Miami can keep this game closed. But I think that we're going to see the reason why Nick Saban is so good in these, you know, start of the season games is because I think he's going to be able to make some adjustments. He's going to be able to tweak some things. And I don't really think, I don't really know if Manny Diaz right now is going to be able to keep up with the coaching that Nick Saban and that staff is going to have. And don't get me wrong, I think Manny Diaz as of right now is a solid head coach. But I just think that we're going to see Nick Saban kind of put on a coach coaching clinic against Manny Diaz and Manny Diaz also is going to have a big say in terms of what the defense is going to do this year so I think there's going to be a lot of adjusting on the fly for Nick Saban and I think that overall this game could be tight but heading into the fourth quarter I think that that's where we're going to see Alabama break away so I think that Alabama's going to win this game 34 to 24 is my final score prediction in this game. I don't think Miami's going to lose by like three touchdowns. As a matter of fact, I would be extremely surprised if Miami lost this game by three or more touchdowns. I think if Miami's going to lose, I think they lose by a 10. So I'm definitely going to take Miami um, with the under if I was betting on this game. Okay, I don't think Alabama's going to cover simply for the fact that I think Alabama's offense could start out a little bit rusty. I don't think enough people are giving the defense of Miami enough credit. Okay, everybody just thinks Alabama's offense is just going to come in this game and they're just going to pick off where they left off last year. I don't think that's going to be the case. Also, I think there's going to be a little bit of rust there and you have a very good team with a lot of veteran experience there at every position. So, for me, I think Miami will lose, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout like a lot of people are expecting it to be. I think Miami's going to lose this game by 10 Points. And if this game does end up being a blow in favor of Alabama, then this Alabama team is going to be extremely scary because this is a very solid Miami Hurricanes team. This is the best team that Miami has put on the field in a very long time next game that we have to talk about we have indiana going on the road to take on iowa iowa is a three and a half point favorite heading into this game both of these two teams had very good seasons last year indiana went six and two under tom allen iowa went six and two and iowa is a sleeper in the big ten a lot of people are really high on iowa this year and indiana Indiana's coming off a season where they pretty much came out of nowhere, and I don't really think enough people are taking Indiana seriously, and I definitely understand that because Indiana was like the Cinderella story of college football. And normally when you have these teams who have these Cinderella stories, they kind of fall off the following year. Like you remember Minnesota, Minnesota had a really good season back in 2019. And then last year, we kind of forgot about them because they weren't all that great. So when you look at Indiana, a lot of people are kind of, you know, not really taking Indiana all that serious. I'm not saying nobody takes Indiana serious. I'm just saying that a lot of people aren't as high. On Indiana, like I am. I think Indiana, as a matter of fact, is the only team in the Big Ten that I trust to actually be able to compete with Ohio State. Now, this definitely is going to be a big game in terms of, you know, testing if my theory of Indiana being the second best team in the Big Ten holds true. A lot of people feel like either Iowa, Wisconsin, or Penn State could be that team that could challenge Ohio State, but I think Indiana is the team that could do it. But this definitely is going to be a very big test in testing my theory theory there now when it comes to iowa okay how improved is iowa's offense going to be now iowa I'm not really expecting any schematic changes to the offense. We know what Iowa is. We know Iowa wants to get underneath center. They want to hand the football off. They want to run downfield, and they want to control time of possession. They want to chew off clock, and they want to rely heavily on their great defense. But last year, this offense definitely still was, you know, Kind of underwhelming for even Iowa standards. You know, they were 39th in the country in points per game. They were 86 in yards per game. They were one of the worst teams in the nation in converting on third down. And for Iowa, the passing game could have a rough time against this Indiana secondary. Now, I know when you look at the stats, you're going to say, well, JT, Indiana secondary, their pass defense wasn't great. But this was a defense that was really good at taking away the football. And I think that Indiana has the best cornerback duo in the Big Ten, led by Jalen Williams and Tywan Mullen. Both those guys are extremely great cornerbacks. On top of that, you also have Devin Matthews. At safety there. So for Spencer Petras, okay, fifty-seven percent completion percentage, one thousand five hundred sixty-nine pass yards, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. He has very good size. He has a really live arm. He can really sling the football downfield, but he struggles with accuracy and on top of that i will lost two of their best wide receivers in amir smith marset and brandon smith who are no longer with the team anymore they've moved on so you lost your two best wide receivers yeah you return um tight end sam laporta and wide receiver nico Ruggieri. they would come back but i don't really know if i will really has the horses to really have an effective passing attack against indiana in this game so i definitely think that we going to see Iowa's wide receiver struggle to create separation against a really good Indiana secondary and I know what a lot of you guys are going to say you're going to say Indiana's defense wasn't good look at the stats you got to get off the stats like this secondary was really good when it came to forcing turnovers this is a really aggressive team now I expect Iowa if they're going to move the football they're probably going to do it behind their off the line as always they always have a great off the line and they're going to do it behind running back Tyler Good. Goodson who I expect to have a lot of touches in this game last year he ran for 762 rushing yards seven touchdowns and was averaging 5.3 yards per carry and I think that he can end up being the one of the best running backs in the Big Ten and one of the more underrated backs in college football at the end of this year because I think he's going to be in for a very good year I think I was going to rely heavily on him because I don't really think they have a lot of depth and a lot of talent at wide receiver and if they do they need that talent at wide receiver to emerge fast because they're going to get tested now when you look at Indiana on the other hand okay I'm concerned about their off the line now their offensive line wasn't really all that great okay I think it was average this offensive line was really bad when it came to run blocking and the running game for Indiana is a huge concern that I have this year because Indiana pretty much had to go air raid which is okay when you're playing against you know average to below average teams but when you're playing against a team like indiana a team that likes to keep things closed into the fourth quarter and that has a great defense it's really important that you're able to maintain your balance offensively and that you're able to run the football because when things get tied in the fourth quarter and you need a drive to you know take some time off the clock and you can't do it then that's mainly gonna be a huge reason why you're gonna lose those tight one possession games. And I think it's not I think it's another reason why Indiana was not that great converting the football on third down. As a matter of fact, they were 82nd in the nation last year and third down conversion percentage converting on third down 37.9% of the time which wasn't really all that great. So if Indiana is going to improve the third down conversion offense or the third down offense is going to have to be able to start with the run game because you have that run game there you're going to be in some more manageable third down situations. And same thing goes for Iowa. Their third down offense was absolutely terrible. As a matter of fact they had one of the worst third down offense offenses in all of college football converting on third down 33 percent of the time so when you look at the rain game for indiana like i definitely think the rain game is going to be really important in this game not as important as it is for Iowa because i believe that indiana's passing attack is really good they have a lot of talent at wide receiver but my thing is okay when this game gets tight and they need to be able to run the football to take some time off the clock I don't really know if they're going to be able to do it and it all starts with that off the line and the off the line was also kind of shaky and pass protection as well and you look at Iowa who always has very good defensive line play you don't really have any defensive linemen right now who are like big names who are household names but they definitely have a pretty solid group and they are probably going to end up rotating guys in and out so I think you look at the depth that I was going to have when it comes to deep the line I definitely feel like Iowa kind of has the advantage when it comes to up front against that Indiana offensive line. Now, when you look at the biggest talking point for Indiana's offense, it's going to be okay, how healthy is quarterback Michael Penix Jr. going to be. So Michael Penix is expected to play in this game. Now I've been looking at articles, I've been trying to find more things about Indiana, but you know, Indiana football isn't, you know, the biggest football brand in the world like it is when it comes to their basketball team. So it's a little bit hard to find news about Indiana. But from the few reports that I was able to dig up, Michael Penix should be ready to play this game. Now, I don't know if he's going to be 100%. But if they're suiting him up, I guess he's going to be good enough. So I don't really know what kind of Michael Pennings we're getting. But, you know, if he plays and he's playing at his best, and I think Indiana's chances of winning this game are going to go up through the roof. Because if you have a superstar quarterback in college football, that takes you a long way. Now, like I mentioned, okay, the offensive the line for Indiana, how is that going to look against a very good defensive line in Iowa that's really good at rotating guys in and out and getting guys in the best possible situations? Now, My biggest thing is, okay, if Iowa goes down in this game by more than two touchdowns, they're going to be in a lot of serious trouble. And when I mean serious trouble, I think the game's probably going to be over. Now, if they're going into halftime with like a, you know, down like 10 to 7 or something like that, then okay, I'm not worried. But if we're going into halftime and they're down multiple possessions or we're going into the fourth quarter and they're down like 10 or more points, then I think that's going to be a problem because Iowa's offense isn't a quick strike offense like Indiana's. You're not really going to have a lot of big plays downfield that are going to be manufactured for Iowa. So for Iowa... If this game is going to be a game that they're going to have to be able to win a shootout, I don't think that's going to be able to go towards their favor. But if this is a game that's going in, you know, close in the fourth quarter, this is a game that I probably would like Iowa to pull off because Iowa is a really scrappy football team. They live for those tightly contested contests going into the fourth quarter. When you look at Indiana, I don't really think that this is a team that's going to be able to win against the Iowa team that that's going to be able to keep things close in the fourth quarter due to the fact that I don't really know how effective the rain game is going to be for Indiana this year and if you can't run the football you're going to struggle to close out games because that's how you're able to take time off the clock and I definitely feel like I was going to have a lot of success running the football against Indiana with how good their offensive line is Indiana has a really good defensive line don't get me wrong but I was offensive line are some maulers so we know that I would one thing that they do is that they turn out very good off the linemen and tied in similar to Notre Dame in Wisconsin so for me I'm still going to go with Indiana to win this game okay the reason why I want to take Indiana to win this game is because first I don't think was offense is going to be able to score no points to beat indiana their defense is going to keep them in the game okay but at the end of the day i don't know how effective i was offense is going to be and being able to maintain drives and it doesn't matter how good of a defense you have if you struggle to move the ball offensively because eventually your defense is going to have to keep on coming on the field and eventually they're going to get gassed and they're going to get tired so i think by the time we get midway through the third quarter that's where we're going to start to See Indiana pull away in this game, so I'm gonna take Indiana with the under. I think they're gonna win this game 24 to 14. Is my final score prediction in this game? Okay, I think this game is gonna be really tight as we get through the third quarter, but midway is where I think we start to see Indiana kind of pull away because I just don't really trust that Iowa offense. You lost your two best playmakers at wide receiver. Your quarterback situation is a problem, but you know, I'm I'm just worried about the lack of talent they have at that position. So I'm gonna have to take Indiana with the win. You guys let okay so the next game that i want to talk about we have penn state traveling on the road to take on wisconsin wisconsin currently as of right now is a four and a half point favorite now when you look at wisconsin last year wisconsin got derailed by covid and injuries you see a lot of people have the misconception that wisconsin doesn't really have a lot of talent at wide receiver or around grand merton that's false okay like wisconsin has Has enough talent that they can challenge for the Big Ten. Okay, they're pretty solid at wide receiver with Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. You also have tight end Jay Ferguson, who is one of the best, if not the best, tight end in all of college football. So there is plenty of talent around for Graham Merce to have success. Now, are they incredibly deep at wide receiver? probably not, but they do have a solid supporting cast around Grant Mertz. You see, what threw off Wisconsin last year was COVID and injuries, okay? You had Grant Mertz who came down with COVID. He was out for a pretty significant amount of time, you know, and then you had injuries to some of your key players, and that kind of is what derailed the offensive production for Wisconsin last year. So, as long as everybody stays healthy, I think that Wisconsin offense should definitely improve because Wisconsin offensively wasn't the team that we are accustomed to seeing okay when you think of Wisconsin football you normally think of a team that likes to run the football down your throat doesn't have a lot of turnovers and that's something that we saw a lot of Wisconsin last year so I definitely feel like they should have those issues taken care of and on top of that I think with Graham Mercer at QB, I think they really have found somebody who can get them over that hump because if you want to be able to win a conference title, be able to make it into the college football playoffs nowadays, you have to have an Above average to star quarterback, and I think that's definitely what Graham Mertz can be. Like, I think Graham Mertz may be the most talented quarterback that Wisconsin has had since Russell Wilson transferred a couple of years ago from NC State to Wisconsin. So, I believe in Graham Mertz. I understand, you know, last year had some ups and downs, he was really good at the start of the season, then the second half of the season, he kind of fizzled out. But I think with everybody coming back fully healthy and having a really good off the line he should have a really good year and same thing for Penn State okay Sean Clifford kind of had an up and down year he started the season not really slow but he started to pick things up as we neared towards the end in the second half so in this game I think that these two quarterbacks, with the supporting cast that they have around them, they should be able to have pretty solid games. But the thing is, with Sean Clifford, he's going against one of the best defenses in all of college football in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, last year, in my opinion, had the best defense in the nation. That defense was absolutely lights out. They were good against the pass. They were good against the run. Like... Wisconsin's defense this year Should pick off from where they left off last year Now they did lose a couple of players But the majority of the defense Should be back I think they're going to be returning At least like 8 or 9 starters I believe I don't really know the number exact. I know it's either 8 or 9 But Wisconsin's defense is going to be phenomenal And when I look at Penn State's offensive line Going into this game I'm kind of concerned about it Okay like they have talent at offensive tackle But the interior of the offensive offensive line concerns me especially at guard so I don't really know how that's going to fare against a very good and style Wisconsin defense and on top of that when you look at Wisconsin if they get into a shootout with Penn State I don't think they're going to win and the reason why I don't think they are capable of winning a shootout with Penn State is simply for the fact that I really like Penn State's corners. You have cornerback Tyreek Castro-Fields. You got Joey Polder. You have safety, Waquan Brisker. So Penn State's secondary is pretty solid. And I kind of question if Wisconsin has the horses offensively to be able to get into a shootout with Penn State if the game goes in that direction. So if this game teeters towards somebody having to be able to crack 40 points or a high 30 point mark i probably would roll with penn state simply for the fact that i think that this offense is built for those high scoring affairs i don't really think wisconsin's offense is built for these high octane games where you have to be able to score a lot of points to win so that's something that i am going to keep track of during this game it's going to be the cornerback position of penn state against the wide receivers of wisconsin because they do have two solid ones and danny davis and kendrick Warrior, but i want to see if they have any more depth outside of that now at the same time is penn state going to be able to get pressure on grant mertz because wisconsin has one of the best off the lines in all of college football penn state on the other hand they didn't really have a great pass rush last year they struggled to get pressure on the quarterback consistently and when you look at wisconsin If they're able to get that run game going and Penn State struggles to stop the pass, then Wisconsin is going to have an absolute field day against Penn State's defense, and they're most likely going to win the game. Because when you think about Wisconsin, if they're able to get that run game going in this game, something that they kind of struggled to do last year, they're going to be able to control time of possession, and that's going to limit the amount of possessions that Penn State's offense is going to be on the field, and that's going to gas out that defense really quickly. So for Penn State okay I think that pass rush has to definitely find a way to get going because the pass rush wasn't going last year so this year I'm trying to figure out where's that pass rush going to come from now the next thing is going to be okay which team can get the run game going both of these teams run games were pretty average to below average to say the least especially for Wisconsin they were 64th in the nation in rushing yards per game which is a really disappointing season when you think about how effective Wisconsin has been over the last Last couple of years of running the football with guys like melvin gordon and jonathan taylor so for wisconsin this year with the officer the line improving the officer the line wasn't bad last year but with the officer the line pretty much about to become elite that should improve the running game. And with the running game improving, that's going to open up shots for Graham Merce to attack the field using play action. And I also think with Wisconsin and helping out in the run game department, that's going to help this team out in third down situations because Wisconsin had one of the worst third down offenses in all of college football last year. So when you look at that Wisconsin third down offense, if you're able to run the football effectively, if you get down to a third and 34 situation you can still choose to either pass the football or run the football if need be and I think Jalen Berger could be out for a breakout season last year he wasn't all that bad but with the off to line improving this year I think he's probably going to end up being one of the more underrated backs in the country now for Penn State okay if you can get your run game going that's good but I don't think it's a necessity in order for them to win this game like even if they do have to throw the football i still think they have a good shot at winning even if the run game isn't effective because they have a lot of depth and a lot of guys who they can rotate in at wide receiver versus wisconsin they only have like two good options in the pass game at wide receiver and then you have jay ferguson there so i think for wisconsin it's more important that they get the run game going compared to penn state so when i look at penn state Okay, this is a team that was really good offensively at times since last year. Even though you did have some inconsistency at quarterback, but overall, this is an offense that is really dynamic and really explosive. Now, Wisconsin's defense is still going to be really good. So, me personally, I am going to take Wisconsin to win this game. 20 to 13 is going to be my final score prediction. I'm really high on Wisconsin's defense. I feel like Wisconsin's defense is going to be able to force a turnover or two. And on top of that, I just don't really trust Penn State defense to be able to get off the field and be able to get key stops when need be they weren't really good getting pressure on the quarterback last year hopefully that can change but even then i think wisconsin's offensive line is just so dominant that they're going to be able to maul their way over the penn state defensive line so i think that wisconsin is going to end up getting the victory 20 to 13 you guys let me know who you guys have winning this game down in the comment section down below and this game could probably go either way but i just trust Wisconsin. Wisconsin a little bit more even though they don't have you know as dynamic of an offense that Penn State has they have a way better defense and they're way better up front and for Penn State their offensive the line is still pretty shaky okay you have tackle figured out but I don't know how the guard position is going to be looking for Penn State so I just think that Wisconsin is just going to be able to win this game I think that they're going to be able to play the kind of style of ball that they want to that we're seeing from the Badgers over the last couple years ball control running football try to open things that will play action and i don't really think that penn state's defensive line is going to be able to handle wisconsin's off the line up front so i'm going to take wisconsin with the win here moving on to the Okay, now the last game that we have to talk about, we have Georgia taking on Clemson. Clemson is currently a three-point favorite. This is my game of the week. I had a very hard time trying to take down notes for this game, trying to figure out what to talk about, because these two teams are pretty evenly matched. These are two of the best teams in all of college football heading into the upcoming season, and these are two teams that we very well could see competing for the championship in the next couple of months. But when you look at Clemson, I think that this definitely is a must-win game for them. And I know you may be like, JT House is a must-win game for Clemson. Like This is like week zero of the college football season. There's still a lot of football to go, and I understand that. But the reason why I feel like this is a game that Clemson must win is because... Georgia has a really tough conference that they play in called the SEC. So if they lose this game, they could still get in with how tough their schedule is. Clemson, on the other hand, the ACC isn't all that tough for them. So after this game, if they lose, then they're probably going to have to play a a hope that a couple of other teams in the ACC kind of rise up throughout the cracks and that they can get ranked. And then hopefully you can either play a ranked North Carolina team or a ranked Miami team in the ACC championship game so I think for Clemson their road to the college football playoffs is going to be incredibly difficult if they lose this game and I hate talking about the college football playoffs so early and things like that but that's just something that I have to address but my main concern for Georgia is not wide receiver like I don't know why people keep trying to say that Georgia doesn't have a lot of depth in talent that wide receiver like that narrative is just so false like I understand that George Pickens is not going to be playing we don't even know if he's going to be able to suit up this year because he suffered an injury earlier in fall camp well in spring camp excuse me but you still do have Kiaris Jackson you have Jermaine Burton Jermaine Burton is a really good deep threat Kiaris Jackson was really good also last year and then Eric Gilbert, is he going to be able to play in this game or not? Currently, he's listed as questionable due to personal issues, but even if he doesn't play like Georgia, still does have Karis Jackson and Jermaine Burton, those are two really good options, and then on top of that, I'm pretty sure that they can find another third or fourth guy on their depth chart who can end up stepping up and having a very solid game, so I don't really think that the talent and depth at wide receiver is a problem. The thing is that you just have a lot of unknown factors when it comes to the wide receiver position outside of Jackson Jermaine Burton which is why I think a lot of people have a lot of concerns because you know you always fear what you don't know but I'm not too concerned about the talent and depth that Georgia has now I'm really intrigued and seeing how different this UGA offense is going to look because last year Todd Markin was able to come in and he wasn't really able to implement what he wanted to do offensively due to COVID you know having you know not really a legitimate offseason pretty much you didn't really have a spring camp fall camp was kind of limited so you were doing everything basically installs and trying to teach the plays and whatnot via zoom meetings so on top of that You had Stetson Bennett at quarterback for like the first per portion of the season because you thought jamie newman was going to be the guy but jamie newman decided to opt out and declare for the nfl draft and practice and whatnot so the quarterback situation didn't really help you know the change offensively and stetson bennett you know he was all right but eventually we knew what stetson bennett was stetson bennett was a guy who was going to be able to you know win you a couple of games when you had to face a team like alabama or florida and you really need a quarterback who can step up and make the big Place when he mattered the most. Stetson Bennett wasn't really going to be able to do that. So when JT Daniels came in, the Georgia offense kind of transformed a little bit. So I'm interested in seeing how different this offense looks now that JT Daniels and Tom Mocking have a legitimate, real offseason to work with, a real spring camp, a real fall camp. And I think that this probably could be the best offense that we've seen out of Georgia in a very long time. On top of that, the run game in this game, you're going to have James Cook against the mirror right the best running back duo in all of college football you have a really good offensive line now when you look at clemson the, your main concern is probably going to be Who is going to be replacing Travis Etienne and not so who's going to be replacing Trevor Lawrence because we already know that DJ Uyongale is a baller. He balled out when Trevor Lawrence couldn't play against Notre Dame. He had a really great game. So I think that DJ Uyongale should be able to pick up right where Trevor Lawrence left off. And I think that they're going to continue their dominance at the quarterback position. You also have Justin Ross returning at wide receiver, that helps out a lot. And you have the best offensive line in the ACC. Now, Now when it comes to the run game, I don't really think the run game is going to be that effective in this game for two reasons. One Clemson is kind of going to be running like a running back by committee. You have Lynn Dixon, Kobe Pace, and Will Shipley. And I don't really think that if you are a Clemson fan, that you're going to have your answer in terms of who's going to be the RB1 for the remainder of the season after this game, because I don't really think Clemson is going to have that much success running the football against the defensive line of Georgia. And I understand that Clemson has a very good defense, a really good offensive line, but this defensive line for Georgia, their front seven is completely different you have Trayvon Walker Jordan Davis Devontae Wyatt, Adam Anderson, Quay Walker. Like, there are a lot of NFL bodies on this defensive line for Georgia. Not only can they get after the quarterback, but they are also very stout against the run. This defensive line reminds me a lot of the de- the defensive line that Auburn had uh, a couple years back when you had Marlon Davidson and Derrick Brown. It was basically a brick wall. That's what this defense reminds me of. And I'm not trying to say Clemson's offensive line is bad or anything. Like that. I'm just saying that I think that Georgia's defensive line is really going to make it tough on Clemson being able to run the football effectively. Now, in terms of comparing these two defenses, these are two very good defensive units. These two defensive units could very well be two of the best in all of college football. But even though I do like the front seven of Georgia more than I like Clemson's, and this game I like Clemson's secondary a little bit more than I like Georgia's secondary, the reason for that. Is this because georgia is going to be without deep in the back tyke smith who is doubtful to play in this game with a foot injury so when you look at clemson secondary you have andrew booth who is really good you have fred davis at cornerback who is highly talented coming out of jacksonville coming out of trinity christian and You guys know I'm from the city of Jacksonville, so you know I'm a little bit biased, but I think Fred Davis is going to be a stud. You also have Landon Zanders there at safety, Nolan Turner, so I kind of like the secondary of Clemson a little bit more in this game compared to the secondary of Georgia. You got Darion Kendrick there. You're gonna have Amir Spee starting at the other cornerback spot, but I just like Clemson's um, secondary a little bit more. Now, if Tyke Smith was playing in this game, then I probably would side with Georgia. But I like the secondary of Clemson in this game. And that's going to be really exciting to watch because Georgia is going to try to push the football downfield more than what they have done in the past. This should be a very good passing attack that a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans are expecting a lot of with JT Daniels at QB. So for that Clemson secondary, I want to see how they're going to perform. And Clemson secondary was kind of up and down last year, in my opinion. Like they had some really good games. They also had some really bad games also, but When you look at the biggest deciding factor in this game, okay, it's really going to come down to how good is Clemson's offensive line going to be when it comes to protecting DJ Uyungle because you have some locomotives coming at you on that defensive line for Georgia and this is the best defensive line in all of college football because they have some guys. So for Clemson to be able to win this game, man, like they're going to have to be able to hold their own, which I believe that they do have a good chance of being able to do that. But I do feel like there's going to be some key moments during the game where that pass rush from Georgia is going to kind of find Find a way to break loose and they're going to be extremely disruptive I don't expect Georgia just to be dominating the line of scrimmage for the whole entire game but I do feel like Clemson's off the line is going to have some hiccups here and there just because of how much talent is on this Georgia defensive line Like there are a lot of guys on this defensive line who are going to be playing on Sundays a lot of NFL bodies so when I look at Clemson like definitely it's going to come down to DJ Youngale because I don't really think they're going to have a lot of you know effectiveness running the football against that stout Georgia front seven now on the other hand Clemson also has a very good defensive line a lot of you Clemson fans are gonna be like hey don't forget about our defensive line either your defensive line is right up there now it's not as talented as Georgia's but it's definitely in that conversation it's one of the five best D lines top 10 in all of college football now when you look at JT Daniels I definitely feel like JT Daniels um when he does get pressure in his face he kind of does get a little bit rattled at times i'm not saying he's bad against pressure i'm just saying that sometimes he does tend to get a little bit rattled here and there now for clemson they're going to have their hands full trying to contain the running game with james cook and zamir white so it's kind of pick your poison in terms of how you want to attack this offense so for me i'm going to take georgia to win this game I think that a lot of people are kind of underestimating Georgia simply for the fact that you don't know the status of Reed Gilbert. They don't really know how much talent Georgia has at wide receiver. Georgia is really good up front on both sides of the football. They have the best offensive line or second-best offensive line in the SEC this year. And you have the best D-line in all of college football. And I really feel like this defensive line is going to give Clemson a lot of problems in this game. Okay, I know Clemson's offensive line is pretty good. Good, but I just think that the men that Georgia has on their defensive line are just built different. Like, I'm trying to tell you guys, a lot of people don't understand the entourage and the manslaughter that Georgia's defensive line is about to put on a lot of teams this year, and I do think that there's going to be some key moments where that pass rush is going to come into play, and it's going to affect several scenarios in the game. Maybe it'll be a red zone scenario where somebody's able to break through and get a key stop on the goal line. Or maybe somebody's able to get a big sack on third down like i definitely feel like the pass rush for georgia is going to be heavily effective this season and in this game and even if you do have questions about you know Georgia's secondary you can be like well jt what about georgia secondary okay if you have a good defensive line that can create pressure on the quarterback constantly that's going to help out that secondary because then those guys aren't going to have to be in coverage for that long so i'm going to take georgia to win this game i think Georgia wins 34 to 30 this game is going to be extremely tight extremely close but I think Georgia is going to end up pulling off the win in this game so you guys let me know who you guys have winning this game down in the comment section down below and I appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast